Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning, Cultivate Church. I'm so glad that we're able to connect today by the internet. Normally, we are one church in two locations, but today we are one church in many locations. As many of you are in your homes, in your living rooms, or wherever you may be today, I'm just so thankful that we're able to connect online. And I will remind you that the church is not a building. We are a people. And so today, we're still Cultivate Church, living life on purpose together. And I want to welcome all of you who may be tuning in for the very first time. Maybe you've never uh, been a part of Cultivate Church before, and because of the circumstances you're tuned in today, and I just hope that today's a day of encouragement for you. Uh, We are in week three of a series that we've been calling On Display. And all month, we've been challenging ourselves on how we can get better at sharing the reason that we love Jesus and what Jesus has done in our life. We believe that our lives are like a product on a display somewhere on a shelf that is enticing for you to walk by and want to purchase. Many of you would walk by something and it catches your eye, and immediately you would say, I have to have that. And we believe that that's what God has called our lives to be, is that when people see us, immediately they would say, I need to have that. I need to be that. I need to know what it is that's different about that person. So we've just been challenging ourselves to be those people. And in week one, we just gave ourselves a quality check. We talked about things in our lives that may prevent us from living our lives on display for other people to see. Maybe there's some stuff going on inside of us that we wrestle with. Many of us sometimes, you know, we worry about what we've done or maybe what we're in the middle of, or we think we're not good enough, or we don't need people looking at us. But We just learned that God wants to use us right where we are, and God wants to take everything about our life and use it for his good and use it for the good of other people so that they can see God's goodness inside of us. And last week, we talked about, you know, timeless products, things that just tend to last, that no matter what the circumstances are, they just last. Good products that are always around and are always faithful. And that God is building our lives, you and me, to be people who are just timeless believers, who are who are people on display living life in such a way that no matter what the season is or what craziness is going on around us, people would look at you and go, they're always faithful. They're always solid. They're always dependable. And we learned some things that God would do for us and in us to help us to be those people. And today, I hope you've got your message loads. The the link is there online. I titled your message, The Next Big Thing. And I think in in our world today, especially in our culture, I love technology. Technology is one of those things that I think is really fun because with technology, it's always changing. There's always something different. There's always something that's coming around the corner. In, In the cell phone world, if you have a phone from last year, you're already ancient. It's already outdated by the time the next model rolls around. And we're always hungry for this next big thing. And I think right now in our culture, people are looking for the next big thing. And, and I asked myself this question, you know, over the past few days, have we been in this cycle of the coronavirus and all the uncertainty and all the things that are happening? And I've asked myself this question, what is it that people are looking for? What is it right now that people need more than anything? And I believe that today's word, God's going to speak to us about the next big thing, about what it is that people are really searching for. And our end our series is coming out of Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 and here's the heart of this as we get into this thought it says above all so above everything else above everything that's going on around us 
above all the uncertainty, above all of the questions, above all of the sickness, above all of the job scenarios, above all of the kids running around the house crazy now because they have nothing to do and nowhere to go, above everything that's in our circumstances, you as a believer, if you love Jesus and you follow the Lord, you must live as citizens of heaven. I want to remind us today that we don't belong to this world. We, we are in this world, but we're not of it. We're like strangers and pilgrims, the Bible would say. We're just passing through. We're not temporary residents of this world. But yet we are citizens of heaven. We're citizens of another economy. We're citizens of another place that God's created for you and for me. And here, we're just on a work visa. We're just here representing what God has done in our lives through Jesus, we're here as a representation of that. So in all of our living and all of our doing and all of our speaking and all of our actions right now, especially in this time of uncertainty, above it all, you and I are to live as believers, as citizens of heaven, conducting ourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. So the the, lay, the way that I'm living and the words that I'm sharing and, and the actions that I'm taking. Right now in the midst of all the crazy that's going on, the world is watching and they are looking for the next big thing. And I believe that today, you and I, we have the ingredients. We have the very thing that the world is hungry for, even in a time like this. Did you know that this is really one of the greatest opportunities we have? to make a difference in the world around us. That when it grows dark, we shine the brightest. And you and I, we have the hope of tomorrow. We have the hope of Jesus. We have the ability to understand that this right here is not all that there is. And in the middle of our weakness, God is the strongest. And so today, as we talk about what it looks like to live our lives on display, that next big thing that people are searching for and looking for. Today, there's a representation from God's Word of what you and I can deliver for what people are looking for in their lives in this moment of uncertainty. So let's pray together over the Word. Father, right now, I thank you for every person that is tuned in online. And I pray, God, that in the midst of all the craziness around us, I just pray that we're able to unplug for just a moment and we're able to study your word together. God, you desire to encourage us and you desire to equip us today, God, to live out what you have entrusted us with. And that's the good news about who you are. And right now, as this world is hungry and searching, Father, I pray that you would just let us be those who would step into life on purpose to deliver all of the goodness, the good news, the great hope of Jesus, Father, into the lives of others. Thank you for trusting us with it. In Jesus' name, amen. So the next big thing, the, the gotta have it. It's Christmas time, and you know... As a kid, I loved the, the wish book, the, the big catalog that came in the mail. That was before the internet and all the stuff that we have today. But we got a catalog every Christmas. And my mom would let me go through that book and just pick out the things that I wanted. And it felt like I would circle everything in that book. And there was always a little section that was the hot items of the, of the year, of the holiday season, the hot toys. And these were the toys that would sell out. You'd have to find in a black market somewhere or in a, in a, in a dark alley behind the store. You know, you had to have a hookup in order to get these things. It's a commodity that something is driving a desire for. And right now, in the midst of all of this uncertainty, especially, 
And I love how God works because we're just in the middle of our normal series. We're in week three of this on-display series because we've been talking about uh, for a long time this preparation of equipping ourselves to be a light in a dark world. And God knew that this season was coming. And God knew that you and I, Cultivate Church, would need to be where we could live our life on purpose to bring the next big thing to people who are searching. And I have three things specifically that I think right now we have an opportunity to serve and to bring into the lives of people. And the first is this. Write this down. I hope you have your notes or something to take notes with is hope. People are looking for hope. The world can't, ha- can't give what the world doesn't have. And the world doesn't have hope. The world has suggestions. The world has counterfeit options. The world has band-aids that may get us through. But the world does not have the hope. The hope of our life is in Jesus. And as believers, those of us who have said yes to Jesus, we know what that hope is. We've experienced it. And the Bible knew that there would be moments and opportunities. And one of the greatest things that we could share with people would be our hope and the reason for the hope that we have. And so the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, look at it with me. It says, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And I love this because it says, hey, if someone were to ask you about the reason that you love Jesus, if someone were to ask you a question about your faith, if someone were to ask you, why do you spend so much time at church? Why do you spend so much time believing? If someone were to ask you in the middle of all of the crazy that's going on, why are you not fearful? Why are you not worried? Why are you not scared? What is the secret sauce to your life about how you can stay so calm in the midst of calamity? And the Bible says that the question that that people are asking, the answer that you are to bring is the reason for the hope. In other words, the only thing that will serve people in the most passionate way, in the most powerful way, in the most present way of who God is, is the hope that you've been given because of Him. Always be ready to to share the hope as a believer. Be ready to explain it. Because right now, people want to know. People are looking for it. You know, scary uh, sales on, on the papers. Scary stories sell. That's the first thing that gets the news bites, that gets the clicks, that gets the eyeballs watching. Is When they sell the scary, everybody gets, gets conscious of what's going on around us. And every news article, every update, everything is pandemic. Everything is death. Everything is sickness. Everything is shutting down. Everything is uncertainty that they're telling us. And so people are watching our response. And they want to know, why do you have that hope? It's all the hurts of the world that makes the headlines. When people are sharing the hurts and all the disappointments and all the failures and all the fears and all of the stuff, when all of that begins to make the headlines, people are asking questions, wanting to know, hey, how do you have this hope that the Bible talks about? And the challenge is that when we let fear become fact in our life, it buries our faith. And I think, unfortunately, many people right now, even believers, are letting the fears of our life just become fact. 
And all the faith that we have in who Jesus is is being buried. But as believers, when we share hope, we don't let the fear of our life become the fact that we base everything on. No, we go to God's Word. We immediately go to the source of where all of our peace and where all of our hope rests. And that's in Jesus. You know, I was thinking about all of the the news, and I I love this sort of thing. I mean, I, I think, you know, I like to be involved in all crazy stuff that goes on. Black Friday shopping. You know, back in the day, before it was so organized, Black Friday was one of my favorite uh, holidays, if you'll call it that, because you just saw all kinds of craziness. And just this week alone, I mean, our grocery stores, uh, Sam's Club, Costco, Walmart, all of these places that have supplies of food and um, and especially toilet paper. I, I don't understand the whole concept behind we're disappearing toilet paper. I thought food would have been the first thing to go, the old milk and bread, but no, this year, toilet paper of 2020. But people are just going crazy running after and trying to get. Because the scarce, uh, the, 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 the fear, the uncertainty, the unrest, all of the headlines, all of the stories, all of the news updates, they're, they're driving us to, to act in such a way out of fear. And so where do we get that hope that the Bible talks about? How, how do we get this, this hope? And I, I think about it this way, of, of all of those empty shelves that's in those stores, those empty shelves are just a representation of what's happening on the inside. See, as we empty out these shelves and you see people running and you see people grabbing and you see people hoarding, it's, it's in response to, to an inward reality. In other words, what we're seeing in front of us, it's not just going and getting something because of a chaos. It's really this inward lack of hope for tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? What if it's not there tomorrow? What if it all shuts down tomorrow? What if the end of the world happens tomorrow? What if there's not enough for my family tomorrow? It is a, it is a significant sign of a lack of hope. It's an outward response of an inward reality. So as I've just been looking at just the pictures of that this week, of all of those shelves and all of those people searching and getting and trying to to grab as much as they can, I thought to myself, if they just knew the hope of Jesus, it would change it all. And so I'm asking us today this very sobering question. As a believer, ask yourself, what's the reason for the hope that I have in Jesus? Why do you have hope in Jesus today? Why would you say that Jesus is the number one thing in my life? When you committed your heart to him, when you committed your life to him, when you said, I'm not going to live in the world's way, I'm going to live not in this economy, but I'm going to live in God's economy. When you said, I I live in the world, but I'm not of the world, and and I'm going to accept and embrace all of the promises of God's word. Could you tell us today, if you were to sit down in a conversation with someone in your life, Could you communicate the reason for the hope that you have in Jesus? And one of the most powerful things as a believer that you will ever be able to identify is the simple reason for the hope that you have in Jesus. And I ask myself that question a lot because I want to be able to know that not only am I living it for myself, but I'm able to share it with other people. And then I'm able to 
raise a, a son up, not just because that's just what we do, but I can share so sincerely for the reason I hope that I have in Jesus and what I would like to pass to him. And I hope that as he grows, he would understand one day the reason for the hope that he has in Jesus. And for me, it all boils down to this. In every instance of my life, I've said this statement, if not for Jesus, where would I be? There are so many instances in my life, like many of yours, that I know that my life has hit uh, one of those divides. You could go left or you could go right. It's that split in the road where you have to make a decision on which way you're going to go. And as I've sat and I've thought about the decisions that could have been made, they could have been detrimental to my life. They could have ended in destruction. But because of Jesus stepping into my life, He has always held me. He has always carried me. Even in the midst of my mistakes and my own failures, He has always been faithful. And so as I just look back over the inventory of the life that I've lived, if it weren't for Jesus, truly, where would I be today? And I can share with you so many stories, concrete moments where He has showed up and He has done miracles that seem so unexplainable, but it's only because of what Jesus has done that has given me hope that what he did yesterday, he can do today, and he will carry me into my tomorrow. So if you're a believer today and Jesus is your number one, define that. Why do you have hope in Jesus? And then if you don't follow Jesus today, if you're not a Christ follower, if you're still thinking about this, you're considering this, or maybe you just have hesitation to say yes to Jesus, I would ask you this question. Can you define the hope of your life? If, if you're living life in your own accord, if you're under your own leadership, if, if you're following it on your own way and you're putting it together and you're in charge, could you define the hope for your life? What is getting you through? What is carrying you in these seasons and in these moments? And I would encourage you today to consider maybe the hope of Jesus, especially in times like this. Church, you and I, we know the hope of the world. You just have to be able to define it so that you can give it away and share it, especially in times like this. So people, the next big thing, look all around you. They're looking for hope. And number two, people are looking for help. Not only are we looking for hope of something better, hope that this will be over tomorrow. I hope that they can go back to school. I hope we can go back to work. I hope they get uh, something to fix the virus. I hope we get better news. I hope they send us a check in the mail. All of these hopes, well, people can sit and anticipate hope in lots of scenarios. But they also need help. People so realistically, tangibly, in a time of need, need real help. And the Bible tells us this, Philippians 2 and 4 on your outline, look at it with me. Don't look out only for your own interest. Isn't it funny how the scripture always is able to address who we are as people? It's almost like God knew that, that our instinct would be some, to do something different. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. The Bible speaks to our own self. In the very fall of Adam and Eve, it was selfishness, it was pride, it was, it was all the things that was inwardly focused that led them to that very first sin. As a matter of fact, the reason that the serpent was in the garden, because pride himself, his own selfish desire to look out for himself, 
had gotten him removed from his place in heaven. And so the Bible teaches us in so many places, in so many stories, in so many illustrations, don't think of yourself only. And we are so guilty. Because in a time like this, when there are two on the shelf, and maybe one for me and one for you, well, we take two for me and none for you. It's, it's in the news every single day right now. Especially, I know many of you have heard uh, the story, and I am most certain that this gentleman is, is so, I'm sure at this point, he is so apologetic and so sincere and so sorry. But the man in Tennessee who bought 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer. As soon as he realized that, that there was mass hysteria with this virus taking place, he bought up 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer. And his goal was to mark up the price and sell it on eBay and on Amazon. Now, he did sell some bottles until Amazon and eBay caught on to what was happening, and they shut it down. All of those listings with price gouging and taking advantage of other people, they were, they were shut down. And so he had thousands and thousands of bottles of hand sanitizer that he could not sell. Now, I thought about this this way. I thought, man, that's, that's a lot of hand sanitizer. That was a lot of work to put into that. It was a lot of effort to go out and to do all of that. It took a lot of money. Do you know that if he only spent on average of maybe $3 for a bottle of hand sanitizer, it's like $70,000 that he would have spent out of pocket to buy hand sanitizer to sell to you and to me at an inflated cost so that he would make money. Our first instinct is to take care of ourself. Now that man is with tears in regret over his decisions that he made. Many of us, we could look at that and say how horrible, how bad, but let's just stop for a moment and let's take inventory of our own lives and how many times in the midst of trouble in the midst of trials, in the midst of problems, have we turned everything inward and said, but what about me? How do I focus on myself? And Jesus never was just concerned about himself. It was always about other people. Jesus' example that he left for others was about other people. I love a story in Acts chapter 3 and 4. Um, Peter and John, they were going into the temple for prayer. And I kind of pictured, I don't know about how maybe they were going into the temple for prayer, but around here on Sundays, some of you know, I, I see cars coming in at the last minute. You know, we, we sing our first song of worship, and there's a few of us gathered, but by the second song and the third song, then, you know, we fill up the room, and many of us are coming in late. We're getting the kids together. We're trying to get ready. We're trying to get out of the door, and I don't know. Maybe that was Peter and John this day trying to get into the temple, but as they were entering in to go pray, the Bible says that there was a beggar at the door who was there every single day. This man was brought to beg because he was, he was lame. He was crippled. And so he was laid there every day so that he could beg to, to supply uh, the needs that he had. And on this day, as Peter and John are going in, I picture in a hurry to get in there and pray and do their thing. They're on their schedule. And, and this man stops them and asks them for something. And the response was, hey, I don't have anything tangible like that to give you. But here's something that I do have and that I can give. And they spoke to that man. And in Jesus' name, the man stood and he walked. 
A miracle took place in that moment that day. Peter and John looked past themselves. They looked past their calendar, their agenda, their time, and what they had to do that day, planned in that moment, and they saw a person in need, and they stopped. A miracle took place. And because of that miracle, the Bible says the man celebrates and other people around him who see him every day in that same place, in that same circumstance, without hope, looking for help, suddenly Peter and John, it wasn't the tangible stuff that the man was looking for, but they gave him hope in Jesus and they provided help. A miracle took place and the Bible says that crowds began to gather. They were amazed at what they saw. And as they're gathering around watching the miracle that's taking place in this man's life, it's an opportunity for them to share the gospel. And so they do. They share the good news and the hope of Jesus. And all around them, the Bible says, many people were added. People gave their heart, their life to Jesus. All because they took time to stop and to help. And right now in this season, if we're going to live our life on display... Like more than ever, we have an opportunity to live in such a way to provide help. And I know that many of us are wondering, hey, what do I have to give? Well, when you're connected to the source, you'll always have a supply. Jesus is our source. Financially, let me speak to you. Don't live in fear today. Don't worry about everything around you. Listen, if you live by the principles of God's word, Obedience opens the door to blessing. God is the source of our supply. And so when you are serving and when you're giving, listen, when you're connected to the source, you're going to have plenty of supply. And so when you want to help people right now, here's a few things that you can do right now. Living your life on display. You can help people socially. Listen, people are isolated. People are afraid. People are, are alone and, and they're in their homes and they're disconnected from our church family and we're disconnected from our work families and our, and our, our relatives. All these different places, we're just we're, we're isolated. We're in quarantine. And I believe, and I say this a lot around here, that isolation is the devil's playground. Don't isolate yourself. Listen, if you want to help people, connect socially. We're doing this around here at the church, and I would encourage you to connect with people in small groups online. You can connect through FaceTime or Google Hangouts or Zoom. There's so many different ways and software and Facebook groups, all these different ways that you can be connecting socially. Get connected. Right now, uh, people are doing concerts online. Uh, uh, famous people are, are singing to us, and there's all these different things that are ways to connect socially. And I encourage you right now to reach out to people, write a letter, make a phone call. You remember those things, those days when you would dial a number and you would talk to somebody verbally? Do it. Send somebody a, a postcard. Do something that you're connecting with people to let them know they still matter. You're thinking about them financially. Help somebody financially. If you're able where you can, help somebody. Listen, the Bible says that when you are generous and you give, you will be supplied. You will be filled. You'll never go without as long as he can trust you with what he puts in your hand so that you can give it away. He will always provide more so that you can continually be generous. People need social help. They need financial help, and they need emotional help. People are scared. People are un uneasy. They're worried. They're concerned about what's going on around us. And so some people just need to be reminded it's going to be okay. I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. Somebody is in, in their house with, with all their kids running around, and they just need a moment to speak to an adult to have a healthy emotional moment. 
just to know that it's going to be okay. We have a chance to live our life on display, giving hope, giving help. And then number three, this is where it all comes together through the power of Jesus. You give healing. The next big thing, people are looking for healing. I love this in Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 through 31. Here's what it says. It says, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee, and he climbed a hill, and he sat down. Jesus was taking a break. But then it says, a crowd, a big crowd, brought to him people who were lame, blind, and crippled. They couldn't speak uh, like many other people. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. Check that out. Verse 31, the crowd was so amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking and the blind could see again. And they praised God of Israel. I love this moment and this picture of Jesus seated. And a crowd bringing people who were in need. People who needed hope and people who needed help. And all of these people that could not do for themselves, Jesus was available because of hope. People were brought to him because of help. And because of their efforts and because of what Jesus did in them, healing took place in their lives. And I just believe today that you and I, we're a representation of this vast crowd we're a family. We're a body of believers. We are a group of people living our lives on purpose. And that as we recognize and acknowledge needs are around us, and we take those people and we bring them to Jesus, just as this happened this day, that all of those people were healed, I'm believing that in a season like this, this is nothing more than an opportunity for the blinders to fall from people's eyes, for people to be able to see clearly, for people to be able to understand that Jesus wants to change their life and that we can't do it on our own and that we desperately need Him. And if you and I would bring these people to Jesus, I believe that people would be healed I believe that their hurts would be healed. I believe their fears would be healed. I believe that their families would be healed. I believe that every opportunity in every need, Jesus could show up and be the resolution in every person's life. Church, like no season ever, this is unprecedented. This has never happened before. We have the greatest opportunity to shine so bright in the middle of so much darkness. This is not surprising to God. He's already been here. He's already seen this. He already knows. And I want to encourage you today that he's already in the future. He's already ahead of us. He already knows. And so today, because of you and I living as citizens of heaven in this world in a different way, we have a great opportunity to bring hope, to bring help, and to bring healing to people's lives that are around us. And I so desperately want to challenge you today, wherever you are, that you would embrace that responsibility, that we would live our lives on purpose, and we would make a difference in the lives of people that are around us. So today, I want to pray for you for two things that I believe that today, that God wants to speak to our heart today. And number one, I realize that you may be watching this today, and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus personally in your life, and you're thinking, I would like to experience that hope today. And maybe you're watching today and 
and you're a believer and you, you just need someone to remind you today that we need to walk this out, that we need to carry out this great hope in Jesus, and we need to deliver it to the lives of people that are around us. I want to pray for us today that God would be able to help us to do that. So, Father, right now, I thank you that you love us so much. And, God, I know that right now people are fearful. I know that people are unsettled. I know that people are concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow. I know that we have all of these things in our lives right now. But I just pray that we wouldn't live as if fear was fact. But today we would be reminded and we would recall all of the things that you've done in our life and how faithful you've been and how good that you are. And I pray, God, anybody who's watching right now who knows they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and that today they would like to experience that great hope in you personally, we just pray, Jesus, that you would forgive us of our sins. We acknowledge that you gave your life on the cross for us. And so today we want to... We want to remove any barrier that would be in the, in the way of a relationship with you. And so we pray that you would just forgive us of any sin. And we choose today to make you number one in our life. And we pray for all of us who are believers, who are reminded of our responsibility today to live our life on display, to carry hope and help and healing to people. I pray that you'd give us opportunities around us every day and that we would be mindful of it and that we would do what you've called us to do as only, Father, you can equip us for. Thank you for giving us, God, the responsibility to be a light in a dark world. We receive it, and we choose to walk in it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for joining us for week three of On Display. I want to remind you that social distancing is not relational distancing. Make sure that you're calling people, checking on people, texting people, get into an online small group. Doing life with people is how we're going to make it through the season that we find ourselves in. This can be the best seasons of our life if we're doing life together. So let's do life together in the season that we find ourselves in. If you'd like to give, there's plenty of ways to give digitally on your screen right in front of you. Thank you for being a generous church. Come on, your generosity is already making a difference. We're helping feed families whose kids would otherwise have nutritious meals at school. We're providing food for them as we speak. We're helping with shut-ins and the elderly and people in our city and community who can't get out and about. Church, your generosity is making a massive difference. What an honor that we get to do this together. I want to help you make sure that you stay on, stay in tune with all of our social media platforms. Come on, the minute we can meet together physically again, we're going to do that. We love you. We're praying for you and can't wait to see you soon.